Hey, dude. How's it going? I wish we had stuff to talk about. Yeah, there really just has not. It's been it's been a quiet week. I've gotten a lot of sleep. <laughs> you look like it. Yeah, just really well rested. <laughs> I've been hungover for three days, so it showed in your work before <laughs> I uh, before I edited. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I guess we'll talk about Luke and Magic and some guy that they signed. Sound yeah, good? I mean, well, here here's when I ask the question: What does Tyson Chandler bring to the Lakers? Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> So let's start with Tyson Chandler, who does actually bring stuff to the table. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that might be your hottest take. Like, I was, you're, I was gonna, you're, you were just coming in strong right there. If that was your actual opinion that Tyson Chandler was not going to bring anything. I actually, I understand the opinion. You know, I think maybe people are overexcited. It's a shiny new toy, but everybody gets overexcited about all this stuff. It's a mid-season edition, not like that in and of itself. In and of and itself, it fills a dire need. You get to see something new, and yeah, he he just he's not what he once was, but he actually does fill some needs for the Lakers. Uh, I would say, of the players that the Lakers could have potentially added here, he's the best one. Like, I think he's still objectively better than like Tarek Black. I think he's. He's still going to be better than like maybe if the Lakers were hoping for Costa Kufas to become available. Okay. I think a lot. I know I saw a lot of people hoping for Robin Lopez, but I just never really felt like that was realistic. Even with the whole trade thing, just because of how the Brook thing went last year, yeah. I just think they like, would have had to trade for of it. They weren't going to probably trade for him. Well, they well they would they their only chance at landing Robin Lopez, I think, would have been via trade. Yeah, and they had to wait for mid December for that to happen anyway. So and even then, the Bulls would have had to want like KCP and someone else probably. Yeah, well, just the guys to make the the contracts work. But yeah, yeah, but like, do they even want to do that? Yeah, uh, no. probably not. I, I don't. That one was just too complicated for me. I never saw that as a realistic thing. Well, and but, and like if if he was bought out, like that's where that's where I say the Lakers never had a chance at Brook Lopez. It's kind of like the the Gasol situation of a few years ago. Chandler always seemed, yeah, that, and Chandler always seemed like the most realistic option, honestly, because you just, like, you look at the situation there, he's, I think, I think he's 36 years old now, mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they have a youth movement in Phoenix, they have a lot of young centers they need to play, it, he has one year left on his deal, which is always when you see these buyouts, I just, I never, even if he didn't come to the Lakers, I didn't think he was making it through the year in Phoenix, mm -hmm. but then, if he did become available, where is a place where he can actually go get playing time? It's his it's his hometown, mm -hmm. and so not only can he go and potentially fill a good role, a, a sizable role for a good team, and actually look like a difference maker heading into free agency again this summer. Yep. But it's also you get to go home, and I think you know some guys that's not attractive too. But I think probably probably by the time you're 36 years old and you're Tyson Chandler, that's yeah, probably full like circle. an exciting thing. I think for younger guys where there's still all these people pulling on you, Nessa, it's maybe not as much fun. And that's like something Kevin Durant has talked about. And I think it's different also if you're a superstar, whereas like Tyson Chandler just gets to come home and it's a fun story for him probably. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's what we're going to start today. Obviously, we've already started talking about Tyson Chandler. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Magic situation and how he's handled that. 
And we're going to talk about, we're going to finish with Luke Walton because apparently a lot of people want him fired. And I've been kind of surprised. Well, we, we actually, this, honestly, this may have been, be, might be our fault. <laughs> we kind of spoke this into existence <laughs> last week. Literally, no, was it the night before this actual meeting? It, it was. I think so. Magic listened to the Lake Show and he was like, oh, yeah, people are mad about this. And we then titled went, our show, No, the Lakers Should Not Fire. Luke Walton and Magic, Magic was like uh, Magic said we'll see what? about that and <laughs> we spoke this into existence I just realized this now we recorded that Monday night and this whole thing went down Tuesday morning Magic Johnson just listened he wasn't planning on doing anything he listened to this on his way into the facility and yeah all of a sudden weird weirdest talent that you and I possess is <laughs> yeah us and LeVar Ball we just make things happen just by talking about them. uh let's go back and talk about Tyson Chandler though I think people need to be realistic here in understanding what they're getting. He is 36, and the Lakers only are probably – they're probably getting half of the player he used to be when he helped Dallas beat LeBron James, Miami Heat, in the finals. Uh, that said, I do think that he can be what they need for the 10 to 15 minutes that they need it. Basically, right now, the Lakers are relying on JaVale McGee to play 30 minutes a night – and I don't think you can do that at this stage of his career. Not just not just the the asthma thing and, and all that, but he just. I just think continuing to be effective. A- asthma yeah. aside, most seven footers at the pace the Lakers are playing, even yeah. without asthma, you can't expect a guy of Javale's size to keep that up for thirty minutes a night and have that be sustainable. There was a moment last night in the game. I don't know if you caught this, but where he went down for like quite a few, like a minute yeah. or two, and I was like, "Oh man, the Lakers' season might like be over." And yeah. that is not a thought you should be having about Javale McGee. And even even at that time, like I knew Chandler was coming in, but even still, like they need to keep Javale healthy because if Javale goes down and Chandler becomes your starting center, then you have the same problem, and it's probably worse because I don't worse. think he can do. What JaVale is doing right now, mm-hmm. and which we shouldn't have honestly expected JaVale to be this good. Yeah. And so it's just like it's a house of cards that you're kind of establishing here in your center rotation. And like JaVale's minutes need to go down so that you avoid something unfortunate like that. And Chandler allows you to do that a little bit. But even still, like so let's say JaVale plays 20 minutes. Chandler plays 15. That still leaves you with 13 minutes. I'm not good at math. Yeah, 13 mm-hmm. minutes that you need to figure out some other solution. And. And I don't know, like, what do you think that is? Well, I think it'll be some com- combination of, of Zubots every so often or Beasley every so often. It pa- it pushes guys into he's more natural the guy roles. I want to see a little bit more of. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been terrible, though, so I can understand why he we haven't seen him. defensively at center, and I just feel like a guy that's that out- talented offensively, he would have figured it out. And well, you would think, but like the, think. The, pro- the problem is they – look, it's one thing to get okay production out of him defensively. Nobody would have anticipated that, but that's not what they need him for. They need him to be able to spread the floor and attack smaller or other other teams' bigs, and he hasn't been able to do that. He's been reluctant yeah, well, even to do that. It's been mostly weird. during the preseason, mostly yeah. during the preseason, to be fair, which is just a different game. Yeah, still, it's it the the reluctance to shoot kind of makes me nervous. That, yeah, that if he isn't willing to shoot, when's that coming around? <laughs> yeah, and I just. They need to stop playing coups at center. Yeah. They, they made their comeback last night with a lineup that featured him at center. But that's just, you know, that was the Raptors really, they were not really trying their hardest or having the best lineup out there <laughs> at that point. And so to me, like, 
he just can't play center anymore. That's just not a sustainable experience to me. I I think we've seen enough of it to know that it's just not going to work. I wonder if they knew this. I want to, I want to know like a question that we'll never learn the answer to, but I want to know if they maybe thought he Tyson Chandler would become available at some point, especially this early on in the season. They always talk about how they project out these scenarios. I would not be surprised if they if this was something that they saw. I mean, I don't think it's coincidence that the amount that he gave back to the Suns the exact. is exactly the amount, basically, that he if you're factoring in that it's going to be prorated as mm-hmm. the veterans minimum that he can get for the rest of this season. Like yeah. this was something. But it, I don't know. It's interesting to me that uh, that Tyson Chandler was able to know that the Lakers were like a landing spot and agreed to terms with them before even like officially getting his buyout or clearing waivers or. Well, I, I think it's I, interesting how that happens sometimes. <laughs> and it, it, I like that LeBron just flat out said like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. All the other guys, were like, I don't think they didn't realize like the rules and LeBron's like, they aren't going to find me for tampering. Tyson's going to be great. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was tremendous. All the other guys were kind of careful. Oh, you know, we hear I was some stuff. Kuzma didn't drop his famous tampering line when they asked him about it. <laughs> what was his famous tampering line? Tamper this. Oh, you know, <laughs> that'd be great. This, uh, this... <laughs> he just challenges silver. <laughs> Champer these. No, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, we should we should actually talk about Ty- a little bit more about so, Tyson Chandler. Their defense is something like twenty points worse, twenty points per hundred possessions worse when Javale is off the court. And if Tyson Chandler is able to bring that number down to something closer to you know, single digits or that kind of difference, it gets mitigated to a certain extent. Those minutes that JaVale is off the court might help either extend leads or not lose leads at the very least. And and that would be huge for the Lakers. Yeah, and he doesn't have to be JaVale. He can just, no. he does a lot of the things well that this team huge. doesn't. Like <laughs> the, the Suns, uh, Chandler was in the 80th percentile for the last four seasons in foul percentage as far as like good foul, not like not fouling. Mm-hmm. And so that's really good. The Lakers have fouled a lot. They're in the bottom 10 in the league in foul percentage. Mm-hmm. And so they they need a guy like that that can defend without fouling. He's also helped a lot on the glass, which is something that JaVale really hasn't been able to do. The Lakers are actually rebounding better with JaVale off the floor than they hmm. have been with him on the floor, which is not a number that I expected, but for yeah. cleaning the glass. and But they've still been a really bad rebounding team in general either way this season. And Chandler was part of, like, Chandler's, like, one of the best rebounders in the league, like, by yeah. percentage and in terms of, like, the impact that he has on team rebounding. Or I don't know about in the league, but he's definitely, like, one of the best guys the Lakers could have gotten yeah. in that respect. And he's going to help them a lot on the boards. And so then all of a sudden, you know, you look at these bench lineups last night where Josh Hart is playing the four again and he's having a heart. He's just having to work his ass off to even box somebody out. Whereas like now all of a sudden Chandler's doing some of that boxing out so that Josh Hart can be the one just sneaking in to try and grab that rebound. Mm-hmm. And those kind of things like all that stuff makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And that allows you to get out on the break faster. That allows you to actually just end the possession instead of hoping that somebody else falls in and tries to get that rebound so I, I just think 
it's, you know, I don't want to overhype him. I don't think he solves all of the Lakers problems. And we're going to get into some of those problems I know here in a minute. But I do think that he helps. And so and just allowing you to titrate JaVale's workload down, I think, even though I don't really think JaVale wants that. But I think you have to do that to protect him from himself almost. Well, that's part of a coach's job. Like that was always the complaint with Mike D'Antoni right before Kobe tore his Achilles. But that's, he, I mean, that's a different situation. You don't really get to tell Kobe when he sits. Sure, and like there wasn't a coach in the league that got to tell Kobe when he was going in and out. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. But, but I don't think it's it's a hot take at all to to tie the two things together. That no, that insane so. minutes load where he's playing 48 minutes a night almost for over over the course of a week or so, like that does not end well for guys at that stage of the career that Kobe was at at that point. And I think with JaVale McGee coming off of the the minutes loads that he's had before and now expanding that minutes load and effective, like what what his responsibilities have been on the court is way higher than what he's been used to over the last couple of years. And to to a certain extent, they've had to do that. But what that means is that you're asking JaVale to then stay healthy with a larger responsibility load and minutes load. And if he got hurt, like you and said, and he's a year older. Well, and and like you said, there was the play. I think it's the play that I'm I'm thinking about here too, where he challenged somebody at the rim. Yeah, and, he got a block, and then he fell down. Yeah, it, it and, was uh, it, it was the opposite the Raptors bench. Yeah, and and you know, as that happens, we should not be thinking to ourselves, "Yep, yeah, that's the that's it, that's the Lakers season." <laughs> LeBron was LeBron was mad at the referees, like as he was calling timeout, like he was like barking at the referees for mm-hmm. like not stopping play or calling something on that. He was yeah. not happy. Yeah, that was that was about as upset as I saw him get last night. Was with because I think he knows like how like Javale needs to be protected at all costs. <laughs> I hope Javale walks around in bubble tap like bu- bubble wrap. <laughs> LeBron might be mandating it at this point. <laughs> Javale, like, you Grinch aren't allowed to do anything. Just, like, that Grinch costume was just like it was all bubble wrap, but made to look like furry and festive. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So <laughs> he's like that scene from Little Giants where he walks in and he has like all the. The mattress padding around him, yeah. And he just—that's how they he walks. Do that to Javale when he's not on the court the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And maybe figure out a way to just pack some of it into his uniform a little bit too, just to like protect him there. I'm for it, Javale. Have you gained some weight? No, it's a stupid padding that I've been having. No, to wear. they gave me the Michelin Man suit, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think Chandler coming in fixes a lot of the right issues. He doesn't fix all of the Lakers' issues in general. There no, are still not, offensive system systemic problems that the Lakers have. But they're going to be still really, really prone to getting lit up by guards that can hit shots off of like coming mm-hmm. off of pick and rolls because yeah. there is like Chandler's not going to be a guy that can switch either. And so now you have like between him and JaVale, let's say conservatively 35 minutes a night where you're playing a dropping big. That's a lot of time for a guy like say Damian Lillard yeah. or even like, Steph. you know, God forbid Steph Curry yeah. to get to get in rhythm. Yeah, that's th- those those matchups pr- probably aren't going to go very well. I think. Yeah, that's that's going to be rough, um, <laughs> possibly. But so it doesn't fix that, and there are more guards in the league that can play like that. But it it, it does clean up some of those rim protection problems, and it's going to stop at least when those guards miss. It's they are their their big isn't going to automatically just get a rebound like Serge Ibaka would just <laughs> destroyed the Lakers on the interior last night, and he's not even that big. He's he and technically he's speaking, an he hasn't even center. been that good. Like he's an undersized center, and he he looked like Wilt Chamberlain out there in the first quarter. Yeah. 
So those those are the things though that the Lakers desperately needed a, a solution to. And and look, I'm hard on Magic Johnson all the time. Um, and I, I'm probably all, going to be in our next segment. I would well, imagine. I, well, yes, <laughs> that is a very separate conversation. But I think uh, Magic and Rob Polinka deserve a lot of credit for recognizing. Okay, yeah, we were wrong. The Lakers, this roster construction, this big rotation is not going to be effective moving forward. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for recognizing that. I don't I don't think that's something that Magic particularly likes doing is saying that okay, yeah, that was bad and hey, calling and himself so on we're, his own mistakes. You know, our next, we're going to talk about this meeting gate that we evidently triggered in, in this <laughs> next segment. So this kind of leads us into it. Yeah. You know, I, I think Luke deserves some credit for uh, reportedly when Magic was taking him to task for having kind of the gall and the present and the the confidence to say, hey, get me a center. Yeah. And, you know, the Lakers went out and did that. And we'll see if that ends up solving these issues that they've been, you know, trying to downplay over the last couple of days. I, I think anytime something like that leaks, that's, you know, there's obviously an issue there. I, I kind of picture it like, you know, from the office, Michael Scott would have his meetings or whatever. And every so often, Jim just kind of looks into the camera like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, then, as, <laughs> like in this case, Jim texted Woj. <laughs> yeah. Jim looks at looks or, or, or Luke looks directly into the camera and says, I, I have to play Zubots. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I, like I was reading. I think it was the L.A. Times report on that. It was L.A. Times or ESPN, but I was reading about it. And like evidently this was not something that was like it got around by word of mouth. Like people could hear this going on in G- Magic's office. And like regardless of what you want to say about leadership style and some guys are going to be more hard nosed than the other. And, you know, Luke can handle it. Luke's not, you yeah. know, like, like Luke's not Luke can handle being yelled at. He played with Kobe. Right. So, <laughs> you know, but and Shaq. I just wonder if that's the best thing. The The fact that this was that this is becoming a thing that Magic has a reputation for. I don't know that that's really the best thing when there's this kind of mindset of like, oh, you can't do this job, I'll just go get someone who can do it better. Like, sometimes that can lead to good results, but sometimes that leads to people eventually just saying, you know, F you, man, like, I could go work somewhere else. Well, I think I think that his reputation leaking the way that it, it did, that volatility leaking and making its way to the public shows that there are people in the organization who are like, dude, come on. Like, that's not, that's not, that's not how, that's not leadership. And And I think... It's a good thing that it leaked. I think it's I, – I, I would imagine Magic didn't really like it leaking. <laughs> I would imagine that people who are who, – I think he said he would have preferred it stayed in-house. Yeah. But I, all GMs and everyone says that. Right. And then they all leak stuff. So, <laughs> but, but I think in this case, it kind of shows that, that there are people within the organization who are probably looking at the situation and, and saying, look, Luke is around every single day. There is never any excuses made for him – not being around, and that stuff that leaked, like like that was that that this made... didn't make Luke look good either. No, it, no, it, I don't think so. I either. mean, it didn't. Nobody came out of this looking good except wild. for like, except for LeBron, the... really, who has uh, <laughs> who has apparently publicly and privately supported Walton. <laughs> that was crazy. How few people walked away from this unscathed? Because everybody, like like Luke, looks like somebody who gets yelled at all the time. Magic looks like somebody who does too much yelling. Only not even LeBron. just yet gets yelled at all the time, but is literally on the fringes of being fired is yeah. how it appeared. Yeah, I I, I thought there was and, and now crazy. It, it no longer appears that that is imminent, but 
you know, Magic gave maybe the most tepid endorsement of all time, and we're not going to fire Luke this year, barring something drastic. That is a lot of qualifiers in your vote of confidence. There's a we're lot. not going to fire Luke, and then Luke's like, Luke hears that. He's like, he's like reading the sentence. He's like, okay, that's good. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> going to get talking. fired this year. That's less good <laughs> unless something drastic happens. Oh God, we just gave up the worst first quarter in Lakers history. <laughs> Yeah, that was the way that that played out was especially hilarious. It's just it the 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 number of things that had to fall in the absolute perfect way that wound up falling in those certain ways was incredible. I I, I thought it was I mean it's great viewing content. <laughs> but if you're if you're hoping to run a smooth organization, an operational organization, that's not the kind of way that you wanted stuff to go down. That was great. I mean, I think we handled it okay in terms of when we posted about it. No, oh, you mean the Lakers? I'm sorry. I thought. <laughs> well, I thought you meant uh, this organization, how we handled it. But I mean, you and I waited four days to talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> well, we didn't have a podcast for four days. Like you know, get like even if you get hurt on non-company time, you're gonna heal it on company. T- I don't know. That analogy didn't really work. I'm sorry. Now I'm picturing you as Shaq. Uh, I want to talk though about. I, I, you mentioned how Luke Walton handled the situation, and I think, like at the time of of the reports of meeting gate and all of that, Luke didn't come off looking particularly great. But in terms of how he handled that situation and moving forward be, beyond this this situation, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And and hell, Magic deserves credit for going out and recognizing the shortcoming of the roster that he put together. Like that's all that they can do at this point. It leaked. It's public. You got to move on. You got to handle the situation. And so far, so good, it would, it would appear. Yeah, I actually, to, to be honest, I expected Luke to push back more on the whole situation when we spoke to him on Friday, given how he had been after uh, like ha- our last gate, hashtag spitgate. But, <laughs> and just basically like saying, you know, this is something we've dealt with it. It's over, whatever. I was expecting him to say, you know, we don't give credence to rumors, all that stuff. But he didn't. He, he acknowledged it. He said, this is something that happens. It's actually something that's like, you know, Magic and I have meetings all the time. I'm not going to talk about about what went on during those meetings, but this is not atypical for us to talk. And, you know, a little bit of it was spin, but it also was, you know, it, he, it didn't sound completely disingenuous as if like, you know, he, he's not normally having meetings with magic where they're critical and maybe not critical to this level, given that this is the one that got out. But I mean, it sounds like the feedback is something that's kind of normal for this organization. Yeah. Were you surprised? And like, oh. like magic even said, this wasn't about his job security. It was about me giving him fee- giving him feedback for what is going on. Now, again, I think all these people are trying to do damage control at this mm-hmm. point and make it seem like the later Lakers aren't kind of teetering on the brinks of collapsing on themselves. But I do think that there's like, you know, everything. I, I think there's some truth to it as well. I think I think in terms of the spin and all of that stuff, like I. I don't think it should be that hard for Magic to say the one specific thing that it was the problem, right? Like, in, since the time, since these reports have become public and the meeting and the way that it all went down, we've heard that it was about offense. And then he said specifically it was about defense. We've heard whatever. It was about everything. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't think it should be that hard if you're doing damage to control to just, like, repeat the same story over well, and over. Well, so we don't, uh, we don't know that he was the one saying – 
that it was about offense. Like that was a that was an anonymously sourced report. And so, you know, that person could have been wrong. And like Walton and, you know, maybe Magic's telling the truth or who knows. Like he has no reason to lie about it being offense or defense. Or maybe it was both and he was just answering a question was like, did it have to do with defense? And he said, yeah, it had to do with defense. So I don't know. I don't want to part over parse that aspect of it. If there's one thing Magic Johnson knows, it's NBA coaching. Oh man, uh, I remember there was some. Who was it? Was it Scottie Pippen that said he wanted to come down and coach the team? I was like, I was like, are you kidding me? He literally like quit coaching after like ten games. Yeah, he said, "F these guys, I can't coach these guys." Yeah, ten even games with in. LeBron, like, why would he want to sign up for that? <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought of all of the rumors to come out and to surface, and the speculation to come out and to surface after all of this. Scottie Pippen dropping the bombshell that Magic Johnson wanted to coach the Lakers was by far my favorite thing. That was it. that was just so great and so lacking yeah. of any kind of well. And what was funny was Rachel Nichols. Situation. Rachel Nichols set him up by saying, "Hey, you're still friends with Magic Johnson." Then he comes in. He's like, "Yeah, Magic wants to coach the team," and it's like, "Whoa, does Magic know that you're going on ESPN and saying this?" <laughs> Scotty definitely got a text from Magic like two days later when Magic like it's, looked it's on the magic Facebook gift. and jump recap. It's the it's the magic gif of him like going no, no, yeah. and none of that. Stop! No, I don't want to. <laughs> come on, there are enough rumors. I don't want to coach the team. Do you think there's a more Magic Johnson thing than sending a gif of yourself doing? Something? <laughs> like he's sending no. your own gif out there. No, that, I don't think that... so. Matt probably uses exclusively gifs of himself. <laughs> he's very gifable. Going going to the movie theater. Look at this, me eating popcorn. It's like he he has like very specific situations that he texts about, and they're related to gifts <laughs> of himself. Uh, all right. So the last thing that I think we need to talk about regarding Luke and Magic and this entire situation was I, I was kind of surprised, and I've been kind of surprised how many people are just okay with firing Luke Walton, and it's wild to me. It, are we surprised? I mean, like like I said. Our podcast last week was the Lakers shouldn't fire Luke Walton, but we're talking about this because all of you are angry at him. <laughs> but why? I'm not that surprised. I'm not that surprised that it's kicked into even further gear, especially like imagine if they had lost to the Mavericks. They almost blew that game. Oof. And then they beat the Blazers, which was a good win. But like if they had lost the last three, I don't know that we're still talking about this as Luke Walton is coach of the team. I, I think we're talking about like like when Interim is Mark Jackson officially going to be hired? Yeah. I, I, we should talk though about what it would mean if they had fired fired Luke Walton because I or if they do well or, or if they do right if something drastic happens the way that Magic said yeah that was pretty vague I mean we don't know what drastic means yeah like, it's like it's like if the team continues to show the effort they showed last night yeah you know yeah. I'm that, just like that's that's unfortunate but like. It, it, on some level, like if they just aren't going to play, this is a this was the conundrum that the Cavs went through with Blatt. Was is Blatt a bad a bad coach, or does LeBron just not like him, and the the Cavs just aren't playing for him? Like the only difference once Blatt got fired really was that the Cavs started trying. Yeah, well, Blatt also seems like Blatt did not say like Blatt seemed like one of those guys. Like uh, Blatt seemed like a two K coach. Like he would be really really great at coming up with your schemes in two K, but did not like actually having to like manage superstar players and like yeah. that was to be fair to him that was not the job he signed up for. But he, you know if you get to coach LeBron, you got to understand this is a partnership and you're not the fight. You're not the only fighter pilot. You're not the only fighter pilot. <laughs> 
I was trying to figure out how you were going to get that that reference in there. Well, I was I was I was finding it out as I went through that sentence. I was like, <laughs> David Blatt needed to recognize actually LeBron. You're LeBron's co-pilot. You're not that the fighter sen- pilot. Me navigating that sentence was similar to a fighter pilot in that I just I had to be ready for anything to happen and just reach my destination. <laughs> but again, though, I so the two names that that surfaced that the Lakers were directly tied to if Luke Walton lost his job were Mark Jackson, who was a clutch client, and Jason Kidd, who was a fellow Hall of Fame point guard that Magic seems to really respect. Respect. Neither name inspired any type of confidence whatsoever. <laughs> so like, so like my, my, my question becomes, and to those of you who are, I guess, loudly for firing Luke Walton, do you understand what that would mean to the organization? And I don't know if people necessarily do because let me play let me play devil's advocate here though. Okay. Like if if getting rid of Walton gets everyone to take their effort level up a notch and I'm not saying that this will happen. Just, just I'm just allowing for the hypothetical. Does that like does that make it worth it? Man no. Like if I, they really have if they really aren't buying in right now, don't you kind of have to? I don't I but I don't do we have any evidence other than the Toronto game that they aren't buying in? No, and that's what I'm saying. There's like and they even still fought back in that yeah. game and they kept playing. And so I don't think that we have nearly enough evidence to say that. But during that first quarter, I was thinking about it. I was like what if they have just completely quit? What I if mean, they they just it was it was fair to speculate based on how that first quarter went. The first quarter, I was thinking. I mean, through three, I you don't think we're wrong. there yet. I'm just saying. And I do want to say, I think hiring Mark Jackson is a different thing than hiring Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, we have seen, and I think we talked about this last week. Just is like his switching scheme has been figured out. He is kind of an he was an abject disaster at towards the end in Milwaukee. Mark Jackson has at least shown that he can coach defense. The concern, though, is that let's say you fire Wal- Walton, and then Mark Jackson I'm not is still Mark. For Mark Jackson, to be clear. <clears throat> no, no, I'm, I'm not. Saying, I'm not. I'm not know, saying they, you are. If they're picking one or the other. I think there's a clear choice that they're probably better off picking. Yes, absolutely. You're right. But I, but what I'm saying though is that like let's say they fire Luke Walton, and then find out that Mark Jackson isn't the guy. Well, now like that's if the Lakers had fired Luke Walton, I think that's how they waste the season that everybody is concerned that they're going to waste with LeBron right now. Is there a way? I mean, who? What did you want them to do this season? That's also the other thing that I'll ask you. If you're calling this season a waste and you're saying whatever, like obviously, if they don't make the playoffs, that's probably a failure and a waste. But I, I don't. I'm not there yet in terms of they're going to miss the playoffs. This is actually going to be a really important like ten game stretch. Ten game stretch here. It was actually a shout out to Philip Barnett, friend of the show, uh, for no- for noting this and p- bringing it to my attention. But seven of their next ten games. Let me read you these opponents: Minnesota, Sacramento, Atlanta, Portland. Okay, so that's a hard one, but it's at home. Orlando, Miami, Cleveland, Utah, Orlando, Denver. Like that's pro. That should be. I'd say at least six wins. I, yeah. I think you probably got to get six of those at this point. U- Utah and Portland are the tough ones right there, but that should probably be like six or seven wins. So they've played they've played nine games to this point, right? Yeah. So I think no the, ten, ten, ten. The hope, the hope, four and six. The hope is to get back to five hundred by the time the stretches is, is over. 
I think it. If they, I think if, you got to be above it. You got to take advantage of the right. Soft and, spot. and if they, and, and if they a aren't, few of these are at home. Like yeah. Portland's at home. It, it, Atlanta is at home. You like that should be an automatic win. Just yeah. put the W Cleveland down now. Yeah. And like, like the only one I'm trying to look like Utah even is at home De- at Denver is the final game of that 10 game slate. And so that's a tough one. They'll probably lose that just mm-hmm. because they always lose away at Denver. Mm-hmm. I think I think if they if they don't turn things around over this next 10 game stretch, then, OK, I think it's fi- it's fair to wonder if this team is, is living up to expectations. But right now, 10 games into it, like. We saw how things turned out. They're barely the, below 500. This is saw, not – things are not that bad. This well, team is not that much worse in, through this first 10 games than I – if they are even worse than I expected them to be. Four and six was not out of the realm of possibility for me. Yeah. No, I, I definitely thought that they I, – I thought they were going to finish this first 10 I think it's the game. way they've lost more than anything. But even there though, like the, the way that they've lost is the way that everybody should have thought they were going to lose. That I mean, hey, would you rather get blown out or lose in the fourth? At least like if you're losing in the fourth, you're close. Yeah. I And, and look, if this is where when it surfaced that Magic was concerned about not having a system. Like that's a fair claim. I thought that was fair yeah. criticism. Uh but if he if he is like legitimately upset about like the defense, for example, when he that's that's one of those ones where you got to turn that around and Luke has to just like hand, be like, here, Magic, this is my phone. It's on selfie mode. I want you to just take a look at the screen real yeah. quick. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in that respect and and like I said earlier to Magic Johnson's credit, he went out and got the center who can help help in that regard. And we'll see how things go there. The Lakers. We'll I mean, they still got it. They're still in the bottom ten. They got to climb out of the bottom ten if they're going to make any noise whatsoever. I think they can. I think they can. They can climb out of the bottom ten, but they can't do it at. They can't lose offen- offensive abilities. Like that's the other thing too. Is that like even even for those who are criticizing Luke Walton not having a system, the Lakers are in the top ten in in offense. Like, that, but that's because they're getting so many transition. Off. That's because they're running so much. Is that sustainable for eighty two games to yeah. keep up this pace? I think so. I don't know that it is. And also, if your defense keeps getting lit up, like, are you going to be able to keep it? Because it's even harder to run off of makes, and they've been having to try and do that. And then we saw, like, last night, again, when they end up in the half court, it's Lonzo brings it down, passes someone on the wing. They try to initiate something. It doesn't work. And then LeBron, ta- and then LeBron takes, like, a fadeaway heat check. And, or Kuzma does, mm-hmm. and like that's not a sustain. That's not a sustainable off like offense. Do you do you agree or disagree with Walton not putting in an offensive system to this point? Then, like, do you think it was the right call for him to focus on defense, or do you think he should have focused a little bit more on offense too? I I think we're ten games in now, and it's time to stop focusing a hundred percent of your practices on defense. Like. The, yes, the team needs to improve defensively. You still need to take some of that time. If you're saying you have this restricted amount of time, like some of that, even if it's not the majority of it, some of it needs to be putting in offensive sets and doing things so that your only offense is not fast break opportunities or LeBron isolations. Yeah, and, and that was hey, that was a criticism of the Cleveland teams the last couple of years. So how much of this is due to the way that LeBron wants to play and the inherent difficulties that come with that? But I and just the way that he likes to play, and you can't really fault him for that. He's had a lot of success playing his way, but. At the same time, if you want to be a little bit less predictable on offense and make things less of a slog, you got to start installing some more sets. And especially, it would be one thing if they had worked like last 
I remember last year, we all kind of like snickered a little bit. They're like, oh, they're that's cute. They're working on all defense during training camp. They're really trying to get a narrative going that they're going to try on that. And that's like, oh, my God, they're actually like kind of good on defense. Mm-hmm. Like last year, it paid off this year. I don't know that it's re- like it hasn't paid off. It's not it's not. I don't know. I know it hasn't paid off. They're, well, they're in the bottom 10 defensively. You, if you just you think. How much worse can the defense get if you stop spending 100% of your practices on it? And how much better can your offense get if you just, like, do not look like a bunch of guys that just came together to play pickup, uh, you know, when you're playing in the half court? But but I I think it's also, like, if you're going to mention how bad the Lakers have been defensively is, like, to to support the claim that Luke should not have focused solely on defense and training camp. Like, what, what do people expect when Kyle Kuzma is your backup center? Like what, 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 how do people think that's going to go? Jonathan... Well, exactly. So that's that's my argument is this team was not going to be really good defensively. You need you should have focused more on offense. But if he I, I think the def, you, you're asking how bad could the defense have been? I, I think you're minimalizing how bad the defense could have been. Look at how bad it is now. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Like, guys just when, regularly allow ball handlers without even a screen to just drive by them unencumbered to the rim. Wow, I just, just say like, Josh Hart's name. Yeah, well, um, that's <laughs> – I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it's not just him. It's a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And it's guys that we thought had, like, showed some aptitude on perimeter defense. So, clearly – it's it's not really working. It's time to focus a little bit more on offense. I think I'm not saying you give up on defense and you just punt it. Like that's not the solution. But can we go fifty fifty? Like can you go like even forty sixty? Focus on offense. But I like, think just get some sets in place. I think you have to look though at the defensive defensive numbers when Javale is on the court, and I would point to those and say that that is Luke Walton putting in a defense that kind of sort of. Works and, and hey, that's that's fair, but. It doesn't matter unless JaVale can play. I mean, not it doesn't matter. It matters less when JaVale is going to have to at some point. Even if he keeps playing this minutes load that he's playing right now, it still matters less because at some point, like these games bog down. We see the same thing every single fourth quarter where teams aren't letting them run anymore and the Lakers aren't getting stops. And so they're just going into these shootouts. And at that point, it's like a 50-50 game. Yeah. And yeah. you can't just gamble on all of your you, you can't just gamble on all of your wins like that. You got to have an option to go to that gets you some type of advantage. And I mean, the other problem is roster construction. So how easy is it to create sets when you have very little shooting and when you have some guys who want to play quote unquote the right way? I'll just say the way Luke Walton wants to play, where you're moving the ball, and then you have Lance Stevenson. And so, <laughs> like you know, I, I saw this a number of times. Like there are times this happens where you know Lonzo who brings the ball down the court. He passes the ball to try and initiate the offense, and then Lancer Coos jab step for ten seconds, yeah. and all of a sudden, like you're you're not running a set at that point. You're running like you're running offense for Kobe in 2010, uh, with decidedly not Kobe on the recipient, like as the recipient of that like of that pass. Yeah, well, I we need to see how I think we see. We need to see the results with Tyson Chandler in the lineup. If absolutely, we, we like. We, until until again, we see that just addition, even that caveat, we need to see what things look like with Tyson Chandler at 36 years old. Like that, that's indicative of a larger problem. Yes, and and if I was Luke Walton, I'd be pretty frustrated at that larger problem and the fact that I might be the fall guy for the smaller problem. Yeah, he magic magic is expecting Luke to polish a turd. Like there's nothing he can do in some some of these respects. And so now that now that. 
magic has provided him a more polishable turd. Now we can see what's mo- what it might look like moving forward. Uh, and until we see that, I don't I don't think Luke Walton should have ever been. You know, I, I don't think it, it's fair to have ever thought that Luke Walton deserved a fire to be fired. Uh, at this stage of the season, no, it, no, he didn't. But but I, I do think though that you know over the next ten games or so, we're going to find out how fair some of those criticisms are. Now that he has a workable NBA roster, he didn't have a workable NBA roster before. No, he didn't. And so now he does, and we got to we got to see how or he handles that. He, ha- he had a very flawed. The roster has LeBron on it. It's a workable NBA roster. It was a very very flawed one. Yeah, but it's the teams were figuring out how to exploit. The Lakers were supposed to be different than than like the the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Like you could, is that an NBA roster? Is that a workable NBA roster out there? Well, it clearly was. LeBron kept going to the kept going to the finals. Like LeBron boosts you, even like we're seeing what they have left and how bad that is. Right. So I'm just saying, like LeBron can. But do the that. Lakers the, were supposed to be different than that, is what I'm saying. Like Le- yeah, LeBron they, shouldn't they be your been, only and, reason that, that that you have a workable NBA roster. That's what and we they were had, told that, that 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 was not going to be the case this year, and it happened. That criticism is on Walton. If you had to divvy up the the, if you had to chop up the pie, how much fault are you giving Walton? How much are you giving the front office? I think 99 percent of it should go to the front office. Huh. I'm not going to go 99. I will say for the specific problems they're having, it's probably, I'd say like 70, 30. That's fair. Some of this stuff is, some of this stuff is fixed. Maybe even 60, 40, uh, like leaning towards the front office. Well, now I I think because the front office, obviously this is a flawed roster in, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, like just to, like the amount of lineups they're playing, just I, I get it, but at the same, you know, the players are clearly frustrated by it. Even if it takes a little bit longer to figure out the workable solutions, even just giving guy like combinations like two or three more minutes a night, like just so they can feel like they're getting in rhythm and like they aren't being yanked in and out of games and playing with new teammates constantly and weird lineup variations and you know just not focusing on offense at all, so that all these guys are having to just go make their own plays in the half court. You know, I, I, some of this is on Luke. Luke is not blameless. I'm not. I'm not. Saying he is sixty forty is wild, but I that's crazy. I don't. I, I don't. I think now that now that the it's Lakers have it's it, probably closer to seventy thirty. It honestly. should be seventy thirty. Like that's the that's the low point no, of where I'm ninety nine. So I don't know. Did no, I'm saying that's the low point. I, I'm I'm willing to go as high as ninety nine. I'm not. I I I think it's objectively wrong to think it's any lower than seventy thirty. That's crazy. Yeah, you I mean, we'll see. I, we'll see where where we're at after this next ten games. This is going to be the big test now, where we start to see what the real problems are. Because like this is this should be a very winnable stretch. What we need to start doing is talking positive things into effect. Yeah. So so the Lakers. Well, I, mean, are... I don't. For me, that's not my job. You can <laughs> attempt it. The Lakers. Are I gonna... just trash talk Damian Lillard until he lights the Lakers up. <laughs> The, the the headline for this podcast is going to be Lakers go on five game winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> SEO it into existence. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that'll do it then for this episode of the Lake Show podcast here on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast channel. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the channel channel in its entirety. We have a couple more shows coming this way, uh, coming to the channel here, hopefully pretty soon. 
Uh, yeah. You also uh, got well, a... we have we have uh, we have Can You Dig It? I called them the meme team because that's just what I call Grant and Christian. But mm-hmm. their their episode is entitled Can their their show is Can You Dig It? Mm-hmm. And those are going to be dropping every Thursday morning. They have Hopefully. assured me from now on. <laughs> and uh, and then we have a new show coming on Friday. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tip it yet, but we are go- eventually. The goal is to build it out to five days a week. And so you guys will be getting a lot of Lakers talk on this channel. And so make sure that you subscribe. We got I iTunes, Google Podcasts. If you can't find the link, just tweet at me. I'll I'll send you a link. So yeah, just and uh, you know, hey, let us know in the in the reviews. Like if there's anything you want us to talk about, or if there's anything you want to see more of. Like just come on, do it with the five star because that helps us out. Uh, you're not going to see anything different. It's a it's still a an audio format. It's not they aren't going to see anything different. Thanks, smartass. Just just I just figured you know I facts matter. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>